0: A to the Kania, running wild, and here we are with our first A to the Cania segment. We are going to be talking about the ten greatest WrestleMania moments ever.
1: Ten of them. Ten, ten of them. Of them.
0: Um, so you know, maybe controversial. You know, what what list isn't? So let's you know dive right in. Uh, but before we before we do, if you think we are full of shit, or you know. It's not lived up to your expectations or you're shocked, flabbergasted. Let us know. Tell us. That's why we do these (laughs) lists. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Well, that too. Um, But yeah, this (laughs) is what (laughs) we we think. (laughs) Exactly. This is what we think. This is our greatest moments, not yours. But yeah, let us
1: know. Have we 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 missed something else? We're doing 10, right? There's going to be Mm -hmm. some you agree with. Yes. There are going to be some you don't. So, you know, get off our backs. Yeah. 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 Fucking hell. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, no, please stay, stay. Watch this. Listen to this, please. We love. Yes,
1: you. yes, we we love you guys.
0: <laughs> but kicking us off, Anthony, with WrestleMania moment number ten. What have you got for us? I oh, got
1: number ten. <laughs> is um for me, and this is somewhat of a personal one. Uh, that that sounded really like I was there. No, I wasn't. um <laughs> This is a personal preference for me because it's it, it sticks in my mind. Now, this is one that I don't see on a lot of lists. And some people might come at me and be like, well, you don't read a lot of lists then, do you, dickhead? But, you know, <laughs> that that's a bit rude. And I, I don't want you to say that. Um, but Everyone knows that until ten, he can't read. Number ten, not nice. Carl, I'll stop right. number 10 is WrestleMania 20. And it's the return of the dead man. Now, it this is. was... It's a particularly one that stuck in my mind because most of my wrestling teen years... Well, most of everyone's wrestling teen years who are our generation, but most of my wrestling memories of Undertaker were the American badass or, you know, whatever he called himself when he had that other cool music. But um, it was Big Evil. Did he go with Big Evil for a while? He was Big Evil, he was. Bugger red. You're going to (laughs) pay. You're going to pay. Anyway, um, so this was a storyline they built up and they built it up beautifully and it and it always sticks in my mind where obviously we had Kane sort of still being the the monster Kane. He he was massless at this point so he you know not quite the same Kane but whatever. Um and he took umbrage to the fact that Undertaker has, has changed and he's not the monster he once was uh and I can't remember the pay per view uh that it was but we obviously ended or you know, got to that point in that feud where they had a buried alive match and he he successfully buried the Undertaker alive. Mm-hmm. And what did this result in? Resulted in Kane being haunted for weeks, for weeks, Carl, by the uh, the urn, by Paul Bearer, by various ominous gong sounds. You know, all, the, all that cool Undertaker stuff. And what did we get? What did we get? We build right up to the Mania, to an absolutely amazing moment where we get to see the original, the proper, the dead man return. It's the right music, the whole thing, the druids, the lot. It was fucking brilliant. And that is definitely got to be on a list when you do it, a top 10 mania moments because fucking awesome it was fucking
0: brilliant it was Anthony you're right um it's mad really because obviously I I started watching earlier so like 92 I think is, is when I, I can officially say I started watching it so I was like what for um and you know I remember Undertaker like debuting um and kind of being that dead man and watching him kind of evolve into the American badass and kind of having that nostalgia of you know, uh-uh, I missed the dead man. <laughs> and to have him come back with that music and, you know, the Druids, as you've said, and have that entrance again um, on such a fucking grand scale at WrestleMania 20 was just so epic. Um it's the
1: best way to bring him back, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and to think, you know, we got... Because it was such a... You know, for him to transform himself from the dead man to the American badass and still be as over as a character, that, like, hardly ever happens. To be able to That's transition true. yourself back to the, the star that made you in the first place yeah. and still to be essentially able to do it.
1: break that character significantly. You talk and everything now, and you're clearly not a dead man. You know, And uh, yeah, how did he manage to seamlessly jump back into that, and we're all totally on board with it? Yeah, it fucking, just because it was brilliant, it was an amazing WrestleMania
0: moment, walking through them druids, the fire, and he was back, and it was just, yeah, it was beautiful.
1: Fucking beautiful. Indeed. So that's number 10. That, that, was, then, that was number 10. <laughs>
0: All right, buckety. Um, so the next one I've got for you is I'll 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 copy what you did. Number nine. Where is <laughs> <clears throat> um, <laughs> So another return. Um, this time, uh, the return of the Hardy Boys. So WrestleMania 33, we had our hosts being none other than the New Day, um, and they'd you know been making themselves you know I guess busy all night, getting involved in various things, and then. At the start of a triple threat tag team match, they come out onto the stage, Um, they've since changed into their wrestling gear, and they're like, well, uh, we've got an announcement, this tag team match has now been uh, you know, changed into a fatal four-way, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be them. Here we go. And they even (laughs) set it up, and they're like,
1: whoo, whoo,
0: just the way the New Day do. Kofi Kingston even takes a couple of steps forward, and then out of nowhere team extreme the hardy boy music kicks in and the audience goes apeshit and i think everybody watching it just went apeshit because it's the fucking hardys and they hadn't the been hardys. wwe in so long and they were back and i think even more so for me um seeing that matt hardy was still like the broken matt hardy and he looked eccentric as fuck and they didn't just bring him back and completely forget that character so i was like Ooh, <laughs> are we going to like? How's this going to work? Um,
1: Turns out he was he was woken though, wasn't he? Not broken. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Copyright infringement made yeah. him woken. <laughs> <laughs> he was woken to copyright infringement. Um, but no, it was just you know amazing to see that the the fan reaction to that, and obviously just how act, like expertly was executed with
1: the big long I pause with Kofi taking the step. That's the key that one. Music. I think it was it was executed beautifully, and I, I, this may be a thing that was just me. I'm sure there were people on the internet who saw it coming, but like I didn't. I hadn't heard any echoes of them coming back or anything, so this got me. This got me good. Yeah, same. Uh, like normally, uh, like it, it's very rare that happens. Like
0: with AJ at the Rumble, with these guys at WrestleMania, it's very rare where you're not like, oh, well, I know so and so is a free agent now, and they could pop up. Or but yeah. these guys were just. I think they'd worked a Ring of Honor show the night before or something, and it was just like, all oh, right, okay. And then the next minute, boom! In the WrestleMania, they win the tag bite, the the tag team titles in this match as well. So all-round epic moments and the hardy boys were back and we all fanboyed out we know you did too and it was a fun time had by all so that is why it makes our number 9 because it was fucking cool and it was a swerve and that's what we like about wrestlemania
1: indeed so my next one Carl number 8 is um I'm going to have to take you back to wrestlemania 20 I'm afraid okay uh, the the mania that keeps on giving and this one <laughs> sadly has like a bit of a bit of a cloud over it i suppose now But you can't deny how much of a moment this was. And this was, um, I think you've eloquently put it in the notes, the the best friends to find the odds. And this is both Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit reaching the top of that mountain, both in the same night becoming the WWE and world champions, respectively. And um, that embrace between the two of them at the end, you know, and you couldn't get more of an emotional sort of payoff. And, you know, they worked their asses off for it. And to be honest, most of, like, our... um, Attitude Era years were watching these guys build up from where they were to this point mm. and it it was just fantastic and uh, I think I do think in all fairness this goes in a lot of people's best mania moments but obviously given that the, the tragedies for both um, and obviously WWE distanced themselves massively from any, any mention of Benoit it doesn't get a lot of um, attention by WWE in terms of uh, you know replays and, and so on like that when they talk the mania moments but you can't deny how amazing a moment this was for the pair of them and for us as an audience
0: yeah it was just so emotional wasn't it if you think back you know these guys came up together um you know they wrestled out in mexico in japan ended up in wcw and you know you had the whole kevin nash calling them vanilla midgets and they were never going to be anything they were just you know cruiserweights and you know they would never amount to to anything you know especially Like world champions, for them then to make their way to WWE as part of the radicals and go through that whole thing of you know IC championships and work their way up to just them two, the guys who were told they would never make it, they were too small for this business, they're not especially in a company like WWE
1: who put even more emphasis on the bigger muscle bound stars. Do you know what's crazy and I don't know if it's true but I read somewhere that Eddie Guerrero was the same height as Chad Gable he was short. I think he was about five, six. Yeah. He was, um, I don't I think remember he... him being short, if that makes any sense. Like, mm. they, they really emphasized that Chad Gable's a little guy. Obviously, he was short he G for ages. And to be fair, he doesn't look tall next to the other guys. I, I don't know what it is about Eddie, but I never remember him being a short guy. But yeah. Yeah, apparently, he was not in like not, I don't know if it's true or not because it's just something I read on social media somewhere, but apparently, he was on height with the guy.
0: It's yeah. Crazy. No, he, he was definitely sure. I mean, Benoit was as well. I think Benoit was like, what, 5'9", something like that. Yeah, and I, Eddie I, was like five, seven, sounds, five, I, I
1: kind of knew Benoit was. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think, especially because the nickname kind of um, emphasised that, didn't it? The rabid Wolverine. Like, yeah. Well, Wolverines are small, typically, so <clears> that, that kind of made sense. And I don't know. But, yeah, there, I don't know. It's just something about the way Eddie carried himself. I just never really thought about it until later years. Like, actually, Eddie yeah, wasn't a big guy. No, but, yeah. Kevin Nash, let's be honest, Kevin Nash can call most people little. <laughs> well, this is true. Um,
0: I think to be fair, that you know that that was a lot of what what they tried to do was to you know bulk out and and put on the mass and and, and make make their height less of a factor because he still looked like big guys and that they could compete and stuff. Like I remember when Guerrero first came in, you know he was definitely nowhere near as you know he spent so much time in the gym um, to kind yeah, of when you build himself him up to point, that level.
1: Like at this point, at this mania point, you know they were they were both like their physique was like at its fucking peak, wasn't it? Really, let's be honest. yeah well, that's it. You know they, they'd worked their whole lives for
0: this, and, and to be told that they'd never make it. You know that's why it was such a special moment for these two ex WCW guys who went through everything through Japan, through Mexico, through you know this crazy journey to get to the top of the mountain in. The biggest wrestling company in the world that historically does not give these guys opportunities to win their main titles. So for the fact that both of them had it and they were both like best friends and you know that crowning moment, it was just it was beautiful. And as you said, yeah. it's a shame that obviously with the events that have happened since this, that it's now not looked on um, as favorably as as it as it was because it was a uh, it was so emotional at the time for the pair of them and you know they're yeah. still going to go down as as excellent wrestlers and legends. So. Indeed. Great WrestleMania moment. And the next one, Anthony, we move on to number seven, which is, of course, shocking for everyone who grew up watching Stone Cold Steve Austin take on Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 17 in the rematch between Stone Cold and The Rock. Austin declared before this match he would do whatever it takes to win. Little did we know what that meant was he would make a deal with the devil himself, Vince McMahon, as Austin turned heel as Vince helped Austin beat The Rock and win the WWE Championship. Now, my head fell off when I saw this. Yeah. I never thought I would see the day <laughs> where... Well, this is the
1: thing. I, 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 both a character and a story executed so well because he was the ultimate anti-authority guy mm-hmm. that that was him to a t and um he sold that so well as a character that i can totally get like i i sadly for me i was i was more of a like a oh this was a big moment guy i didn't see it at the time so i can only imagine but i can totally get why you were like holy shit when this happened i really can yeah i uh, i it was just so shocking it was just it was it- an image, a visual
0: that you never thought you would see, just Austin and and, and, um, and Vince shaking hands in the middle of the ring, smirking at each other, you know, and I think, I can't remember if it was JR or whoever it was in commentary, just saying Austin's made a deal with the devil, it's exactly exactly what he'd done, and it was just so, as you said, so beautifully written as a story, to, to have that transpire in a way that you didn't just go, oh that would never happen, you were actually like, oh shit, like, I can't believe this has happened, but it was still believable if that makes sense. And obviously, that that kick started a a completely different um, period of Stone Cold's kind of, you know, career trajectory because he had never really been the bad guy as such, especially in a long, long time since Austin three hundred and sixteen kicked off. So it was it was going to see him as you know the baddie aligned with with Vince. So it was um, a crazy way to end what is arguably one of the best WrestleManias ever, which we will. Obviously, let the fans decide this for us ahead of our WrestleMania Rewind. It's a bold um, statement, Carl. A bold statements. WrestleMania 17 has to be up there, and this is part you know, part and parcel of, of why I think that, because it was just such a shocking moment. Um, but yeah, that was our number seven.
1: Crazy. Well, coming in at number six is um, WrestleMania 30, Carl. Let's take it to WrestleMania 30. And I think everybody knows what I'm going to say at this point, and this is Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan finally... Finally getting his dues paid and winning the top title. I'm saying top title because I can't remember what fucking title it was at the time. Because <laughs> it they was both the fucking things. It was both. I think it was. Um, have we not unified them at this point? I keep no. Track.
0: I think. I think. I think this. This was it. <laughs> this was ahead of us unifying them. I think. I'm not sure whether it okay, was. Okay.
1: Because um, my head went. Well, we didn't have the universal one then. But like you're right because we had the World WWE one at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. obviously. At the... <laughs> At the start
0: of the night, he had to face Triple H, didn't he? It, it, to even be entered into that main event, and I'm not sure whether it. Was, I think it was Orton and Batista, wasn't it? Maybe, Um the yes, two guys no, are in the main was, event.
1: Uh, Batista won the Rumble and pissed everyone off that way, didn't he? So it was, yeah, it was right. Orton and Batista for the main event. Yeah, so um, I'm it, <sighs> I was just trying to think. Was it was, so did Orton hold both of them
0: in the first place, or did? Well, one not that I one think be, the other? I can't because remember,
1: I don't remember yeah. them
0: being separate.
1: separate. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it was so, I think it was just before the the merged them. I think it was just treating yeah. as two titles. Well let's but... be
1: honest, guys. There's only one like undisputed champion and one unified title and that was when Jericho fucking did it. Every <laughs> other time it's just you guys fucking around. But <laughs> um anyway, sorry, that's slight like digression. But um I think this this is interesting as well because this goes down as like one of the best mania moments and it is as memorable as fuck, right? what I find so interesting is that this was clearly a course correction. Mm-hmm. This was not the plan. I don't care what anyone says. It was never worked. work. They never built this up as he's total underdog and he didn't win the rumble. And, and he definitely planned on that happening and definitely planned on the audience getting behind it. They didn't, they planned on Batista coming back, Batista be in a big fucking draw and the crowd would just go with what they say as they typically do. Mm. And the crowd went fucking ballistic about it because they didn't want him to be the champ at that time. So, For me, and people might still suggest it to work. I don't believe it was, uh, but I think that's fantastic that you can turn a course correction into a fucking ultimately uh, amazingly memorable moment because it it made the victory so much sweeter, and it wasn't even intentional.
0: No, like the fans inserted Daniel Bryan into that main event. Like none of this would have happened without them. You could see from the Rumble how pissed off they were with everything that you know transpired, and then to see him finally obviously to be triple H they were made up and then to see him finally get that that win that crowd yeah. just erupted and like everybody you know every single person was doing that yes chant and it was just incredible yeah, to how electrifying to was
1: that bit when he's and everyone's yes chanting when he's won it it's just, like that 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 must have like imagine being in that crowd at that time man. I don't think as well like I know we've just
0: had the whole um benoit and, and Eddie kind of moments but I don't think there's ever been a moment as big as Daniel Bryan's where everybody in the audience was behind somebody like even like when you you know Cena had all these fans and stuff there was loads of people booing when Roman's mm. had all these fans loads of people booing yeah it's like, it's so rare it's so yeah, rare yeah like if you look around there's I, I don't think you could, you'll see one person who just wasn't made up for him um and it's cuz he he truly deserved it and I think you're right it you know this was never the the master plan this was a a complete course correction to the point where you know, obviously the fans were made up because they made it happen. And, you know, going on that ride with him and seeing him win win them belts um, and actually, you know, not be the B-plus player anymore and be that main event guy and top of the mountain at WrestleMania after all them years.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, if you think well, about man, it, yeah. the crazy thing is, and, and I, I, love, um, I love Miz, but if you think about how he got into WWE, uh, Daniel Bryan, and he was on NXT um, before it was you know, the NXT we know today and his mentor was the Miz. And, yeah. The Miz <laughs> who come
1: from what? What was that reality show that he came from? Real World. The Real World. Yeah. And like had less uh, wrestling chops than the guy. Exactly. Don't be wrong. I mean? The Miz has proved that he's a fucking athlete. Oh, yeah. Like, he learned everything he could possibly learn. And he's a he's a fucking legit wrestler. Um, But like at that point, you know, it, that's kind of insulting all due respect to the Miz, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um. So, you know, what only journey. used it as storylines after that, so it kind of worked. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, you
0: know, what a journey he, he took to get to WWE in the first place, and then to when he was even in there, he was overlooked and to, to get it overcome all their odds and, 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 you know, win the belt at WrestleMania. Yeah. Was and yet,
1: CM Funk seems to think that he's vilified and hated, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, the next so, one,
0: Entity number
1: five, we
0: have, and I, I don't know whether this will hit you as hard as it hit me. Um, oh, it, it hit, but our, I'll
1: be honest, it hit me. This It did hit me.
0: So, number five um, is when Shawn Michaels finally retired Ric Flair. Now, we know, little footnote to this. <laughs> he didn't stay retired, did he? If he did, it would have been beautiful. But, you know, this doesn't take away from the moment because at the time we thought it was for, for real. But, um, and it was probably at the moment. <laughs> but... I think even Rick believed it when it happened. Sorry, <laughs> like, still... To this day, whenever I watch this match, and right, it's crazy because, you know, I'm not—I've gone on record with this before. I don't really like Shawn Michaels. I think he's a dick, right? And that—that yeah, that stems from what he did. Dick, but he's still That's, that stems from what he did to Brett, and and how he was and everything backstage. But right, anyway, I've never really been a big fan of Shawn, but I'm a huge fan of Ric Flair. And while I agree Shawn is super talented and he's missed a WrestleMania, um, you know, I've always been about a bit like meh, but. He was so the right guy for this and to make it work and stuff. And, you know, they had yeah. such a, a lengthy career together. Obviously, Flair had some years on on Sean. But the fact that it was these two, they put on a fantastic match. And it's just that that very end bit where you can see Ric Flair start to just break down. You can see that he's getting upset. He's got tears in his eyes. And then, obviously, when Shawn Michaels is in the corner and he, he mouths to him, you know, I love you. And then um, switching music to the face, and you can just see when Ric Flair hits the mat, he's just crying and he's crying his eyes out. And you know, watching it, I just remember just tearing up as well, just seeing that. And then he gets pinned, he's retired, and just the way um, Sean just kind of hugs him on, on the floor afterwards while, while Ric Flair's crying so emotional, man. such a Sadly, two legends, two icons.
1: Cries quite a lot now. Um, yeah well, <laughs> at this point it was very fucking emotional <laughs> we hadn't really seen him cry that much before but um no. yeah so
0: it was just i don't know it was such a, a beautiful thing and obviously unfortunately um you know he didn't stay retired and, and and that kind of thing so maybe that kind of cheapens it a little bit but you can never take away what a raw you know moment this was for two legends of the business um like what what it must have meant to the likes of sean to be able to retire rick and then obviously what it must have meant to to rick for the career he's had and You know, having to come to terms with the fact that he's not going to be Ric Flair, the the wrestler anymore. Um, And you can just see what what a toll it
1: took. But great match and great story, great finish, and so emotional. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Fantastic match. It's weird, actually, because I'm not a big fan of Sean, Um, Mm. but at the same time, he's had some amazing matches and some amazing, like he definitely deserves the name Mr. WrestleMania. Both matches he had with the Undertaker were fantastic. They're not going to be on this list because we're talking moments rather than matches. Yeah. But, um, I can like, definitely see them. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> like, honest to God, he's, um, he, he's put on some amazing, man. You can't deny the guy is talented. But like you say, this uh, questionable antics over the years. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: I think we'll definitely see some of his matches feature on the, great uh greatest matches um
1: we, we can't, you that we can't do. rock on you yeah, to be fair he like he, he yeah he, he has had some amazing manias absolutely speaking of amazing manias Carl <laughs> here we come with <laughs> number four and that is uh as you've titled it which i like the heist of the century carl i think a lot it of people is. know what this one is this is wrestlemania 31 and this is seth rollins turning face and saving the whole fucking WWE (laughs) at this point, because none of us were fucking happy, uh, and cashing in the money in the bank to take the title from Roman, it was Roman, who just won it, and... um, no one, no one was, because we knew, we told them, we fucking made it very clear as an audience we weren't going to be happy with this, and they wouldn't fucking listen. But uh, again, another fantastic example of a course correction that ended up becoming a legendary memorable moment, because I do not believe for one second they planned on having Seth do this until they saw the audience go, yeah, not happy. <laughs> do you know, it's it's crazy, like, thinking back to this, because the fans shat on roman so so hard during this like they were honestly they would to the point st- that like if i weren't there with them at the time so annoyed by it i would have felt bad <laughs> like, yeah it, it was did, as a person he doesn't really deserve it but it was just the way they'd the whole fucking thing and nobody wanted it and we kept telling them we didn't fucking want it and then we still ended up getting it a fucking year later mm.
0: didn't we um or whenever it bad was late. um and then we saw that how that happened no. yeah was it a year later a couple of years later i can't Might remember year, but, you know yeah Sorry, go on. you know, we we all know how that happened when Brock went through the curtain and fucking chucked the belt up Vince McMahon's head. So we know um, that the fans weren't happy then either. But watching this one back and and just hearing the the fans shit on Roman and just thinking, oh, my God, like, this is going to be so bad when Roman wins. And then, because obviously earlier in the night, Seth Rollins took on Randy Orton. um, And that was a fantastic match as well. Uh, I still remember that curb stomping to RKO, fucking thing of beauty. That that in itself oh, could have been a moment I think on the air. That it was so good. We put that clip up before <laughs> it, on our socials. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. But obviously he, he he fought earlier in the night, and I don't think anybody expected to him to cash in during the match, if at all. Like I didn't. I completely forgot about Money in the Bank at this point.
1: I was just like, I think uh, that's the best Money in the Bank. Yeah. You know When somebody really credible has got it Mm-hmm. And you can use it so effectively like this, it makes it so much better. Like look at the other memorable money in the banks to be like to edge and stuff like that. Like d- they haven't been able to do that in a while, as far as I'm concerned with the money in the bank, which is a real shame. But no. um this is a perfect institution because, like you say, you kind of forgot about it because he just had it. He didn't make a big fucking deal. We're in a gimmick. He just had mm-hmm. it, and then when he cashes in, you're like, oh shit, yeah and yeah. like that's the that's the perfect way to do it and i think it becomes so formulaic by this point
0: that if there was going to be a cash in it'd be after the match you know what i mean yeah. like it, it, yeah. no one ever yeah,
1: no, it's a fair point because that's typically how it works yeah yeah and
0: it like it, i recall it was at that point where i think roman finally just had brock beat i think he hit him with like four or five superman punches or something but then he didn't go for the pin and he was like just lying there or it might have been he hadn't beaten Then brock got him with the fr i can't really remember what happened but they were both lying yeah, there you both kind of downed each other didn't they? yeah yeah and it was like no one's making the pin and then just hearing that music and everyone just went oh oh <laughs> shit <laughs> i'm just seeing so him good. leg it down um like he fucking paced it down that ramp i think it was a fucking quite a lengthy Wasn't ramp, a super well. long ramp as well yeah. <laughs> yeah. um he fucking pegged it down there and yeah, just cashed in, and then even then it was a couple of swerves. Like, oh no, he's not going to get it, and then just to see him win, and it was genius, really, because whether it was called on the fly, like, like, like you think it was, or whether you know they made that call earlier, mean,
1: I think it was definitely fucking was. I mean, it's it's it, 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 who
0: knows, who knows. <laughs> um, it would make sense if it was because of how much they shot on it, but I just think it was such the right decision to make anyway, whether it was oh, planned yeah. or not, yeah. because no one was going home happy, but then everyone went home fucking deliriously. Ecstatic with yeah. what had happened. It what was so brilliant. good. Yeah, what a feeling! So fucking good. So the next one, number three, we're gonna talk about probably the first great WrestleMania moment. So yeah, obviously oh, WrestleMania three. And this isn't taking anything away from the first WrestleMania or WrestleMania two. But when we're talking about iconic WrestleMania moments, mm. you know, you've got to always come back to WrestleMania three, and this was. Because in WrestleMania 1, you had um, you know, Hogan teaming up with Mr. T to take on Piper and Orndorff. WrestleMania 2, I think it was Hogan and Bundy, but you had all these other things going on as well. This was like Hogan's biggest test. It was Hulk Hogan against Andre the Giant, and it was the um, unmovable force. Or what, what was it? The unstoppable force against the unmovable object. Whatever the fuck it is. I don't really know. Um, something like that. Yeah, so that sounds right. Um, but, you know, you looked, Hogan was completely dwarfed by him. It was, you know, all the way through the match, he'd struggled, he couldn't take him down. He tried to power, power slam him a couple of times and, like, just didn't couldn't lift him up. He was hurting his back. All this good stuff. And then, as Hogan does, and, you know, Hogan is synonymous with WrestleMania. He um has made wrestlemania to be fair on on a number of
1: occasions he's also been terrible in a few occasions yeah, let's, let's be honest he's, he's helped to establish it hasn't he really yeah exactly like it wouldn't um, be what it is without his, his early years as much exactly. as uh, again I've never really expressed being a big fan of hogan you can't deny his contribution yeah um
0: and this this moment was just it's iconic and i think it's what got a lot of people a lot of the wrestlers you know and love today i know triple h for example Saw this moment, and that was when he was like, I want to be a wrestler. Because it was just so... It was David and Goliath-esque, even though Hogan's fucking huge. You know, it was him being able to pick up and slam Andre the Giant. And they made such a big deal out of it as well, to the uneducated fan. Of, like, Andre's never been picked up before, he's never been slammed. You know, fucking about ten people have done this by this point in Japan and all these other places, but... In, yeah. uh, you well
1: know. again they marketed it and sold it to us so we fucking believed it
0: yeah and like that like as if Hogan wasn't a massive star already that was like oh my god he's just he's just slammed Andre the Giant and it was just that moment where you can look at the fans and they're just in disbelief at what they've seen and, the, and then yeah. obviously Hogan ends up getting the win and it was just I don't know it, it, you
1: can't to think me, about was...
0: WrestleManias without, without just how
1: symbolic that was I think that's the nail on the head I don't think anyone could do a list like this and this not be on it that's how iconic this is yeah, I came into wrestling way way later than this, so this I wasn't watching it like at the time. But everyone goes back to this moment. I've seen this moment a few dozen times because of that. Do you know what I mean? And it is, it's you can't deny how iconic this is. Yeah,
0: for me, for me, for me, it is the first big WrestleMania moment, and it's synonymous with WrestleMania. Just that, just, just the the visual of him picking up Andre the Giant and slamming him. It was just like that was when people's heads just exploded of, of what they've
1: just seen. And and you guys lost your mind when Cesaro picked up Otis. This is like 10 times better than that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, you know, writer passage
0: has to be on the, on the WrestleMania moments list because it, it of it, everything either. it did. Um, so, excellent WrestleMania moment.
1: So, speaking of ones that have to be on the list, Carl, I'm going to hit you with number two. Ah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, no, and this is um and i will need your help a little bit because this is slightly before my time but i think mm-hmm. it hits that exact point of this can't it, it, it's so iconic it can't not be listed <sighs> and this is the infamous double turn from wrestlemania 13 so austin good. versus bret hart uh with austin refusing to give in to the um Ah, shit, what was I finishing? Sharpshooter. No, sharp sharp sharp. Yeah, sharpshooter. Sharp shooter. I doubted myself. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, give it, it wouldn't give in to the sharpshooter and passing out in a pool of his own blood. And how oh, can yeah. you not go back to this moment so many times? This is one of them things. Like, I think it's consistently on like WWE's openers and vignettes all the time, just Austin's mm-hmm. face writhing in pain, covered in blood. Like That's how iconic this moment is to them. It's um, it, It's such an ingrained sort of memory for all wrestling fans and again slightly before my time so i didn't even get the hype build up before it even though i've seen the match so um you might be able to contribute a bit more on that carl but um yeah, yeah it's just again always associated with, with wrestlemania how could it not be it was
0: fucking amazing right people like there's a common misconception with stone cold people think after he won king of the ring and he did that promo of austin 316 that he became a fucking superstar overnight he didn't he honestly really didn't (laughs) at all um it wasn't until this moment um so what he won the the king of the ring in 96 king of the rings normally in june right so wrestlemania is like april time so he was getting over of course he was but this was the moment that made stone cold steve austin and it was fucking so epically brilliantly done Going into this match, Bret Hart was the baby face. Stone Cold was the heel. Um, and they were such great foils for each other on the microphone, in the ring, The styles, everything about it was so good. Um, and what the story they told, the way they did this, was obviously Austin was the bad guy who was starting to, people were starting to still like him because of his charisma on the mic and stuff like that. And he was starting to get over. Um, and Bret was kind of becoming a bit like, Oh well, Brett's the good guy, he's like almost Hogan-esque is the point where like, okay, he's Bret Hart, everyone loves him, but you know, we're getting a bit sick of that now. The way they pulled this off to have Austin just not quit and Brett to put him through everything. Um, you know, to they did the little blade job, which they shouldn't have done at the time. You know, advertisers were breathing down Vince's neck saying too much blood, stuff like this, you can't do it. Did a There's little lot sne- of blood. Yeah, a little sneaky blade job. And then, you know, look at look at this fucking visual, do you know what I mean? In, writhing in pain, you know, in the sharpshooter and he doesn't tap out. It's an I quit match um, as well, I, I must point out. And I think Ken Shamrock was the, the special guest referee. And, um, you know, so that added some legitimacy to it anyway, a former UFC fucking champ. But...
1: A known badass.
0: Yeah, an I quit match. They're there and then Austin doesn't quit. He passes out due to the blood loss and the pain. Straight away, you've just made a Badass because he doesn't even he won't even give up. So that yeah, alone still never said it.
1: To this day he's not said I quick.
0: <laughs> but then after the match, Bret Hart starts to um he gets pissed off basically and starts to lay into um his leg even further with a steel chair. Then obviously Shamrock gets involved and stuff, and they basically masterfully execute this double turn where Austin goes into the match of heel and ends up coming out of it the baby face because of everything he went through, everything they left in the ring, how much you know determination and grit he showed, and you know then you've got them turning and Brett at the end of it as well, and it was just so fucking well done. It was just amazing, so
1: good, and I it wasn't even it's the main event. To point out how <laughs> rare and difficult it is to do a double turn, mm-hmm. it's very seldom seen and very seldom well executed. In all fairness, as well, absolutely, Um and I don't
0: think I don't think there's ever been a double turn executed as well as this, and one that has just absolutely catapulted somebody into superstardom really because it like you know that's what i mean everyone just thinks that they think of austin and him being a superstar and like oh he won king of the ring he did austin 316 and they just forget them like the months after that it was only after this where everyone was like fucking hell that dude is a badass and that's what and that, that was his character him being a badass and yeah, you know I mean, him beating Jake Roberts at yeah. of King of the Ring didn't get him the the moniker of being a badass. What got him? It was no. I think people <laughs>
1: people just do remember that quote, don't they? That's where Austin mm. three sixteen was born, and they remember that badass sort of quote after he won. But um, like you say, there was a there was much more build beyond that. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. Uh, I think it's just everyone always goes back to that whole. Oh, Austin three sixteen says, "I just whooped your ass," because yeah, we love it. It's a fucking brilliant quote. We do. We do. But yeah,
0: so good. So fucking good. One of my favourite matches of all time. Just so, so good. Um but it is not the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time because
1: this if I had a be drum, a one carl, hit us with
0: <laughs> number one. It is none other than the Undertaker's Streak is broken. Brock Lesnar becomes the one in twenty one and one. And like a year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, fucking hell. Um I still can't believe they had Roman. be. anyway, let's 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 not go down there. Um this you will seldom see a more shocking, crazy moment in anything ever, let alone a WrestleMania. It's you
1: just I remember I think we watched this one together, didn't we? Actually. Th- this is I when think, we started watching the Mania's together. I think we did. Yeah, so we were there, glass of whiskey in hand, expecting undertaker to win as you do, and as much as the streak had to be broken at some time, I genuinely did not believe for one second that it would be Lesnar. I did it, not. Do you know what? I never thought it would happen. It is crazy, right? I like, I, I look back at this, and the build-up
0: to it just never made me, because it was just so rushed and just kind of fell out of nowhere. It was kind of like, ah, oh, well, they're obviously, you know, it's just they needed someone to fight Taker, so they're just going to put Brock in. It, it never felt like a threat, and it's crazy because it's Brock Lesnar. But just because they, they didn't build it up that way at all, you just thought, oh, yeah, um, cool, take his fight in Brock. You didn't. You never You never yeah, thought
1: it was at risk. Exactly, and I think that was probably a good execution in some senses. That was the shock, and I'll never forget Heyman's face because even Heyman looked shocked even though he was calling it and saying that this was going to happen. He, even he looked fucking shocked when it did. But um, I still, to this day, don't know how I feel about this. Mm. That's how, how crazy a moment this is because... <laughs> part i mean never wanted a streak to end yeah and then i'm like who could have done it better and i've always put a case that sean michaels because of the both both matches were fucking brilliant um that i would not have been upset if he'd have ended the streak on the second one Uh, you know to that sort of build between the you know he had to sort of come back at it do you know what i mean Mm. and try again i i would not have been upset with that but who could end the streak? Like at least Brock was—he's he, legitimately a badass and one of the—he's—he's he's a beast. He's one of the like any time he rocks up, people know that he, you know he's—he's he's definitely going to fucking wreck people and leave. Sorry, Roman. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, I'm like I can't argue with the decision for it to be Brock, but I still don't know how I feel about it. It's—it's it's a strange one. It's a really strange one. It is so polarized, isn't it? I mean, firstly, like
0: the point you made about Paul Heyman, he made this moment even more for me the way he jumped in that ring with that like oh my god oh my god like you know what i mean it was just yeah. the way he he jumped in and was doing that everyone was just in disbelief you look at the crowd it goes deathly silent everyone is just honest,
1: you could hear a fucking pin drop it was crazy
0: it like i've I, i've never heard a wrestlemania crowd just go switched off hundred percent everyone yeah. was just like oh <gasps> And you like you've, you've you've seen all them reactions of like all the audience, you know what I mean? Like I think I remember watching like a director's cut or something that WWE released on their YouTube a while ago, um, and it showed even more reactions, and some of them were just like you know what I mean, just insane, like how shocked people were by this, and it, it it's hard, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you never want it to end, then on the, on another hand, you're like, well, if it's gonna end, it should be to a young up and comer, but it's like, well, who would that be? Like if it was Roman, I would have been pissed off.
1: But you, you know, can't be pissed off with it being Brock. When you, build, <laughs> when you build legends up to that status. That it's so hard for an up and coming to take the win because it is just going to piss people off. Mm. There'll be so many people who would have thought that he didn't earn it, right? And in a way, Brock was already. He wasn't a legend in terms of the same legend status as take it, I'm not being disrespectful. Um but he was established enough that we knew he was fucking legitimately a fucking badass. And he'd had a good run in WWE the first time with a weird ending. Um and he's come back and he's again he's he's sort of tearing through everyone. So it just it didn't feel like an odd thing to do. Like you say, the book in itself felt kinda of rushed, but when you look at Brock and go, well yeah, legitimately. Yeah, that makes sense that he won. But uh wanted to make sense. What's, what's mad as well? Because he
0: didn't need this because he's, he's fucking Brock Lesnar. But at the same time, it's not like they wasted it either because they, they built this whole program off the fact that he was the fucking, you know, eat, eat
1: sleep, conquer, re- repeat. The fucking, the one in 21 and, you know, he, every time Haywood introduced I, I, him. I, I'm almost kind of annoyed that Roman took that from him because I mm. loved the whole 20, the one in 21 and one. Yeah. It was a fucking brilliant one. That, yeah. that was a brilliant line. But um, it's like, like, like to be the only guy who ever beat him at Mania would it's just such a fucking accolade anyway. And he got to hold that for like I don't want to be unfair and say one. I think it might have been two years in all fairness. I think yeah. he had a match between Bray the following uh, between with Bray the following year and one. Yeah. Um, so I think it was the year after Roman became the two in twenty three and two, which is just shit. <laughs> not yeah. the same. It's not but the same from, at all. But no, but it's yeah, it, like,
0: It's one of them, because obviously there was talk, wasn't there, of like, uh, maybe they'll do it with Cena earlier on. That didn't happen. Maybe, I think, Wade Barrett's name got thrown around, you know, stuff like that. And really, you know, if, if Wade's career would have gone the same, you know, trajectory that it did, then he would have ended up leaving the company. He would have looked at that as a waste. Whereas with Brock, you bought it. It was completely believable because he's fucking Brock Lesnar. But they also mm. didn't. They didn't just go. Oh well, okay. That that's forgotten about it. That catapulted him for his pretty. You know, him holding the belt for fucking like two years, basically, still underpinned by the fact that he beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. So it, you know, it was so well used, and people were like, well, he never yeah, needed so. it, and he didn't. But they they didn't ah fucking it was, put it to good use. In a
1: way, I think you've made a good point that like it almost not that it justified, but when he held the belt. For, for as long as he did, you kind of go well, yeah. Like he's a tough motherfucker to beat, and we've proven that because he's he's the only guy to beat the Undertaker. Like, it almost legitimizes why he held the belt for so long. And yeah, literally half of it was not turning up week by week. That might have helped too. <laughs> well, but, <yeah>. whatever. <laughs> but no,
0: um, it's one of them completely polarized. And some people will be like, "I can't believe this is your number one on the list."
1: Some people will have hated it, never thought it should have ended. But you cannot deny. See, I this is the thing. I don't know how I feel about it. But this is genuinely the most shocking mania moment. Yeah, and it, well, that's it. Like
0: we're, we're not even building a list
1: of even shocking mania
0: moments or anything like that. It's these are the greatest mania moments of all time because whenever whenever this is brought up, it it you know it elicits a reaction. There's some emotive yeah. reaction that you will have with it. You'll either think it was fucking brilliant. You'll think it was the worst thing they ever did. You know, you're going to talk about it. You're going to yeah. remember how you felt when
1: it happened. And it was, yeah. there's never there's been never anything any, There's no one sat there going, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You, you fucking loved it or you hated it. Exactly. Let's be honest. And like, you, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Carl. It, it invokes a response. It, like you have that reaction. Like, you have you know, that emotional investment one way or the other, whether you wanted it to happen or not. Um, and I think that's a, a really good point. Yeah, and, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with that being number one, Carl. <laughs> and that was it. That was our Those greatest
0: teams. ten WrestleMania moments. So, what do you, you know, what do you think of that list? Anyone who is listening, anyone who is watching, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think we missed out some super important ones? Do you think you know the stuff on there that probably shouldn't have been on there? You know, let us know because this is our list, and this is uh, this is what we. Th- what we feel um are the 10 greatest but you know let us know in the comments on youtube indeed. or because let's you know, be honest
1: we like talking about wrestling so it'll be interesting to know some of your picks well that's it
0: we love having a bit of a debate anyway so um you know drop us a message on youtube on instagram um let us know um did we, did we miss off
1: your favorite um or... if we did tell us we're yeah. not only your favorite tell us why <laughs> tell us what makes that your favorite i'd love to know we would we would indeed but you know, that would sound it. slightly sarcastic there. I I'd love
0: to know. <laughs> I'd love to know. Uh, and so, so that we can tell you why you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was it. That was our first foray into A to the Kenya, the 31 day long build up to the WrestleMania 37 pay per views. Yeah. Um, so we hope you enjoyed this list. If you haven't done already, we are we have a pretty exciting giveaway for anyone who follows us on Instagram. You can win a WWE t-shirt of your choice from either WWE Shop in the US or Canada or WWE Euro shop in Europe. So head on over there. We've got the rules on how you can enter and hopefully win yourself one of them t-shirts. Um, so yeah, thank you all very much. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, tell us. If you did, tell us. And we'll be back next week with another A to the k moment. So we'll be back after this.
1: You're watching or listening. A to the K. The A to the k. 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 These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later.